The Tigers drop a series to the Miami Marlins over the weekend. Kind of a nice farewell tour moment for Miguel Cabrera. Goes back to Miami, plays really well on top of that. Uh, and the fans show out, which was a nice moment. But uh, after a ridiculous baseball game on Sunday, the Tigers still come out of the weekend as the losing team. Let's talk about it all, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, July 31st, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Be sure to check out the Tigers Home Radio broadcast on the SiriusXM app as well. It's as simple as that. You just go to the SiriusXM app, search Detroit Tigers, and next thing you know, you're listening to the Home Broadcast, which is a very cool feature that I know a lot of people take advantage of in this city because of our great home radio broadcast. So let's talk about this series. Tigers dropped two of three to the Marlins in Miami. Frustrating is definitely a word I would use to describe this. A lot of people really upset, really upset at, at, at this series. Um, and I, I understand how frustrating Sunday was. Obviously, that was a ridiculous baseball game on so many different accounts, to be completely honest with you. Uh <laughs> A pretty wild call at one point that we will talk about. Um, I mean, interesting decisions all around. We'll, we'll talk about it for sure. But uh, a lot of people really upset. And, and it's just, it's frustrating that we're we're already at this point where, like, as the season goes along, people are going to care less and less about, like, the wins and losses on a day-to-day basis. And, like, they should. We're 12 games under 500 at the end of July. In 2019, were you red in the face mad over over like losses in September? No, we already had a hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't you can't live like that. Like and and I like you know coming from me, that's rich. I understand. Like I am, am <laughs> probably far too competitive and and care about this team way more than I should. But it, it's just it's one of those things where like it's people are going to take a step back and and. I feel like this was a, a turning point of a series for a lot of people for whatever reason. Maybe just timing with the deadline looming. Uh, maybe it was the fact that the Marlins decided to take a personal jab at the city of Detroit for no reason. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it, it really upset a lot of people. And uh, I I understand. <laughs> the, the, the fan half of my brain understands. And, and the analyst part of my brain yells at the fan part of my brain and says, stop caring about wins and losses. This game, team is 12 games under 500. They're going to lose a lot more. And so, especially after we trade some of our best players here in the next 48 hours. So um, let's talk about this series though. Let's break it down. I want to start with Miguel Cabrera. You know, I thought that this was awesome for Miggy. Um, Going back to Florida. He looked good too. Like that's the coolest part of the whole thing to me. Like if if he had gotten, you know, the big ovation and the fans all showed out uh, and and you're welcome, by the way. Just a ridiculous way to repay. Like, <laughs> I, 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 that really bothered me. Like, I, and I get way too protective over the city of Detroit. I, I get very defensive and, and protective over over the city that I that I love dearly. 
Um, but like they, for those who aren't aware, like Matt Vierling was batting, I think it was his first at bat of the game on Sunday. And they just randomly put on the big screen, like no to the game. Detroit has lost 65% of its populations in the last 60 years. What the, what? Okay. Why Matt Vierling too? He's played here for three months, but like that, that ruffled a lot of feathers, which like rightfully so understandable. Like what a wild re- way to repay a team that is. Get your 29th in attendance. The only team that has less and worse attendance than the Marlins this year is the Oakland Athletics, who are actively, purposely not going to baseball games. Like, I, it's just a wild wee, way to repay. Like, hey, we're going to bring Miguel Cabrera and put butts in the seats for you this weekend. Oh, well, we're going to make a personal, whatever. I'm probably spending way too much time on this, but, it, it, you know, things like that bother me. Anyway, I, I, that all being said, I did. Uh, I, I did really like how the fan base certainly handled Miguel Cabrera's return. Uh, and, and again, like seeing him do well was the best part. He had a great weekend. He was fantastic, and that'll put a smile on everybody's face. You know, like he he looked really really good, and was hitting the ball all over the place. Couple of multi hit games, some some power. Not that he was hitting homers, but like. They weren't just like seeing eye singles. Like he was hitting the ball pretty consistently into the gaps. He hit one over the the, the outfielder's head at one point. Uh, one was like you know bounced off the wall. Like he was spraying the ball all over the field. Looked like uh, some some prime Miguel Cabrera again. So what a great way for him to go out just uh, in his last series in Florida. Uh, to to I, I very much appreciate the fans showing out and and uh, I have no like ill will toward. <laughs> like the Marlins fan base, just like, I don't think I'm going to root for you to make the playoffs now. Um, but just, you know, I, I, I really liked, I really liked this weekend for Miggy. It was a really, really cool moment uh, in a long line of great moments that he has given us over his career. This weekend will probably be remembered as uh, one of those, one of those cool moments, even if we did drop two of three and, and, and you know, at the end of the, if the Marlins do miss the playoffs and ends up just kind of being a meaningless series in July It'll still be cool to be like, hey, in his last series in, in Miami, going back uh, back home, you know, well, Venezuela's home. But, like, you get what I'm saying? Back to his original ball club, for him to kind of show out like that was was pretty cool. So, hats off to Miguel Cabrera yet again. We have done that uh, plenty of times over the last 15 years. Um, let's talk about the starters in this game. Let's start talking about the games themselves. Reese Olsen started on Friday. You know, Reese Olsen... I think ha- has the potential to be a really effective pitcher at the major league level. I, I love Reese Olsen's stuff. And like that slider is legit. I mean, that, that thing has an elite whiff rate. People swing and miss at it all the time. Uh, he can be a really effective pitcher at the major league level. It's just a matter of whether that's going to be as a starter or a reliever. And I think that he will, and I tweeted this out as well, but like he will go as far as his fastball takes him. And this is not something that we have not talked about on this show a a plethora of times, right? Like we've been talking about this since he was in the minors, like when he first got called up. And I feel like I was the Debbie Downer that was kind of like, Hey everybody, like let's maybe limit our expectations on results in a little bit. I don't know. He hasn't been a fantastic in Toledo. And then his first three or four outings, he was great. And his last couple, he's kind of gone back down to earth a little bit. I think his ERA is over five now. Um, So like it's, it's, he's taken some steps back uh, from the, the, the hot start he got off too early, but like there, there are tangible uh, areas that you can point to and be like that tools, I guess that you can point to be like, that's why this dude's going to be good. Like that, that slider is great. The changeup has been effective as well. That was a big question mark. Does he have a legitimate third pitch? 
Um, but his fastball, I, I mean, not to be like overly dramatic, but like so far at the major league level, it just isn't effective whatsoever. It is getting hit all over the yard. The slugging percentage against, this is what I tweeted out on Friday, the slugging percentage against his forcing fastball is brutal. It's like Aaron Judge is at the plate whenever he throws a fastball. It's like 600-something. So, like, it, it's it's all going to come down to that. And and he's tried to have, like, a sinker that tails a little bit more and has more downward movement. Um, that also has, like, a higher slugging percentage than not as high as the forcing fastball, um, but, like, a, a pretty sizable, like, it, it, it's certainly higher than the other two pitches, the changeup and the slider. So uh, he needs to work on that. It would not shock me whatsoever um, if he went into this winter with like that being the goal, how can I, whether it's a grip, whether he wants to change the shape of his fastball, um, whether, I, I don't know, he wants to make it more of a two seamer. I don't know, but you need to do something cutter. I, I don't care what it ends up looking like as long as it's more effective than the current iteration of it. Um, but that's going to be a big step in his development. And that's pretty much, he had a couple of hanging sliders as well. I'm not trying to make it sound like that was the only thing that went wrong for him on Friday, but um, I mean, that is like the biggest thing that, that consistently goes wrong for him on a start to start basis. So something to keep an eye out there is just how good his fastball looks. That, that's something you can watch for while you watch resource and pitch. Um, okay. Let's talk about Tarek Skubal. Because that was a really interesting start as well. But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is, oh, where's the banner? Oh, no. There it is. Boom. FanDuel is the best. And because they are the best, you can take your first swing at betting on MLB at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You can bet just 20 bucks and land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line, over, under, who you think is going to hit the first home run, etc. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. It's what makes it the best. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets on America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping nothing because they don't play on Monday. Uh, tomorrow's episode is just going to be strictly deadline talk. The official trade deadline kind of preview thing. Uh, the trade deadline 6 p.m., Eastern time, I believe someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's 6 PM on August 1st. Uh, we will be having a Twitter space hosted by, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, if you follow the show on Twitter, you know, if you're really cool and you follow both, you'll certainly see it. I'll tweet about it as well. Uh, but we're going to go into the deadline as a group, uh, on a Twitter space, you know, have a conversation. Uh, probably you'll be taking a ton of questions just from people that, uh, want to come up and ask about whatever returns or, or you know, questions about anything about the deadline, really. So that'll be a fun thing to look forward to. Tarek Skubal pitched on Sunday. He was really, really good until he wasn't. And I know that that's like not analysis, but it's true. He was lights out for the first four innings. And then the fifth inning, it, he absolutely just imploded. And if this is for the real ones, all right. This 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 one's for the real ones here. If you remember back when I like first took over as host of this show, okay, that would be like 2021. 
June or July of 2021. I know it was a series against the Angels. Whenever Matt Manning's debut was, that's when I took over. Tarek Skubal consistently throughout 2021, consistently, would have five really strong innings and then one absolutely awful inning. And it wasn't always the last inning that he pitched, but there would always be one inning that was dreadful. So much so, it was he was so consistent with it that on the show, we had joked about trademarking the Scooble inning. And we mentioned it throughout the rest of the year. And then 2021 came along and he kind of ironed it out a little bit. And it, it wasn't, uh, it really wasn't a thing anymore. And, and we kind of moved on from the Scooble inning narrative. And this really was just a vintage Scooble inning performance back from, from 2021, honestly. He was dominant. Like, I cannot undersell how good he was the first four innings. He was phenomenal. He had one hit. He, he was getting swings and misses on everything. The fastball, the slider, the changeup was disgusting. He was great. And then he didn't cover first base one time in the fifth inning, and everything just fell apart. And it, the reason why it fell apart was command. Uh, th- that doesn't take a rocket science to figure out. If you watch the game, every single thing that was hit was hard of the plate. Go look after pretty much every slider specifically he threw after he didn't cover first base, I swear, was like middle-middle. It's like he was trying to throw it as down the middle as he possibly could. Um, his fastball is so good, and, it, and it's even better now than it was pre-injury. Like I said, the changeup was good. Uh, the, the slider was good for four innings. Like, I mean, he he was lights out, and then he just wasn't, like, at the snap of, you know, the fingers. Like, he he just – I was I keep wanting to say overnight, but, like, obviously that's not overnight. Uh, from one inning to the next, it just completely evaporated. So I, I don't want to go too much on, like, oh, he's just back to 2021. I think that part of it may just be working back from injury because this was at the end of an outing. It wasn't like his second inning was awful and then like the rest was fine. Like there seems to be pretty consistently at the end of his outings, he lets up. So I think part of it might just be getting that stamina back in his arm and being able to consistently go deeper in the ball games and not getting tired at the 60 or 65 pitch mark. I, I, I do think that that could be part of it. So I'm not going to, not going to go in too hard on him for, uh, for this, but uh, it's impossible not to talk about just given his history of struggling for exactly one inning throughout his career. So we'll see what he does, but that's kind of what I took away from it. Still, I mean, you see the ceiling. You see the potential. He, he's lethal. Um, let's talk about the bullpen. So uh, Saturday was kind of a bullpen day, so that's why we didn't talk about Bo Brisky technically started the game. Uh, he was fine. I thought Bo Brisky was pretty solid. I, I'm just still waiting for something, something horizontal. Something, slider, whatever. I think that'll be something he works on in the winter for sure. Um, But with that game, the Tigers had a shutout on Saturday. Joey Wentz, the return of Joey Wentz. I I tried to say it at the time. And a lot of people, you know, he he was just struggling so much that people were like, we don't care, boo, you're an idiot, he sucks. Which is like, fine, that just kind of comes with the territory. But like, Joe, I have maintained throughout this entire time, like Joey Wentz has good stuff. Like that cutter will play. That cutter literally reinvented his career. If you look, if you know the career arc of Joey Wentz, it was like pretty solid prospect, big injury, doesn't pitch for a year, 
comes back, uh, is like, okay, but like kind of struggling when he comes back, throws a cutter into the mix, career takes off, like legitimately takes off. And I think that it's just, it's one of those things where a command, I mean, it, it was not good in his bad outings. The, the command was brutal. Um, but also just consistently having the confidence to throw any pitch in any count. That's something that the best pitchers have, right? And I think that Joey Wentz lost that very much when he was consistently going out there and, I mean, like legitimately just getting rocked for the first three months of this season. So it's not a true start. He was a reliever, whatever. It was only four innings. I don't care. I just really enjoyed seeing Joey Wentz go out there and put a really solid outing under his belt. All right. Um, as far as the other, I mean, Tyler Holton finally gave up a run. He's a human being. So like that's, you know, learning that he was a human was kind of sad. Uh, but for like, if you think that I'm going to get upset over Tyler Holton, I, you are sorely mistaken. Like he, he, that dude has been one of the better relievers in the entire game of baseball in terms of just like not giving up runs this year. Um, so like, that's, he's not the reason we lost the game. Like everyone, I say this all the time. I know, but like, everyone is so obsessed with like, this loss is on this one person specifically. And it's this person's fault. Very rarely. Do I agree with that? Very rarely. Do I think that losses are one, especially in baseball, like (laughs) that's just not how it works. And, and so, um, yeah, so, I mean, you could tell he was upset that he gave up the Homer, which is, you know, sucks to watch, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too upset as long as he doesn't just like explode and just, you know, his ERA balloons and he does this for the next five outings in a row. I think I'm still going to be pretty pleased with still, even after this outing sub two ERA Tyler Olton this season, um, Brennan white still has to find slider command. It's such a nasty pitch and, and he just has no command over it right now. The really, the only other thing I was trying to think of was anything else besides Jason Foley. I wanted to talk about, Oh, Jose Cisnero. <laughs> Jose Cisnero, his ERA by month. Let's let's go over his ERA by month, shall we? April, 3.72. May, 2.53. June, zero. 11 outings, zero. July, 10.38. Why does this happen? Why does, what, what did we do? Like, as fans, we need to seriously look in the mirror and be like, what did we do? This team hasn't been good in almost a decade. I mean, uh, that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration. 2016, they barely missed the postseason. But, like, they haven't been good in over half a decade. And now we're at a point where even the, the – I was like, hey, Cisneros kind of an under-the-radar trade piece. Don't be surprised if he gets moved. He has an ERA over 10 in the month of July since I said that at the beginning of the month. Just so on brand for this organization. After an ERA of zero in June, it's now 10-3-8. His ERA on the season is is has ballooned. It is almost four now at the time. I think it's literally 3-9-9. It's just frustrating. I still think they try to move him, but like frustrating nonetheless. All right, let's let's uh, let's keep talking. Let's talk about Jason Foley, then we'll get to the offense. Uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Um, Jason Foley uh, showed some dents in the armor as well. Um, you know, I, I had a 
rant. This is back in like April, maybe even May, where uh, Foley obviously has been great all year. I'm certainly not going to get like upset or again, blame a single loss on like a one inning reliever because that's ridiculous. Um, but Jason Foley definitely did not have a great weekend. He gave up a lot of, a lot of contact, uh, several runs. Uh, I, I think Friday, I think Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic tweeted out that uh, Jason Foley giving up two runs on Friday. It's only the second time all year he's given up more than one run in an outing. Like, he's um, unreal, okay? Um, but, I mean, he left one sinker way up. Like, one of the worst sinkers I think he's thrown literally all year. Besides that, I didn't think he looked, like, bad. I didn't think he looked a lot worse than he usually, like, looks. Like, he looked pretty much just like Jason Foley. He was hitting 100 consistently at one point. Like, it's not like he looked awful. Um, but he is not a swing and miss guy. And I went, that's ADHD brain. That, I, I went on a, on a, I don't want to say a rant, but a, I don't know, a monologue, <laughs> whatever. Uh, back in, in April or May, where I was like, at some point this season, this dude's going to go through, whether it's a series or a week or two weeks, where he gives up some runs and the whole fan base is going to freak out and talk as if he's like awful or is cooked or is like bad now. And then he's going to go back to being good again. And it's just because he's a pitch to contact guy. First and foremost, it's a ground ball. He hasn't given up a single home run this season. Knock on wood. Goodness. I probably shouldn't have said that, but like, you know what I mean? Like this is bound to happen. And, And two of the three hits he gave up one was like barely out of the reach of Torkelson's glove. One was, you know, the infield was shifted and it just went just out of reach of the second baseman's glove. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I I am not losing sleep over. I don't think Jason Foley's, like, awful. And a lot of people really had some strong reactions about Jason Foley, which I just think is ridiculous given the state of this team. We have the 29th-ranked offense, and we're complaining about a reliever with a 2 ERA. Um, let's talk about the offense, though, because admittedly, in this series, they were not terrible. Um, they put up, what, five runs, five runs, and six runs? Over the weekend, yeah, five, five, and six. Um, that's pretty solid. That's a pretty solid weekend. Uh, the one thing that continued to bite them, especially on Sunday, was uh, how well they did with runners in scoring position, or how poorly, I guess, on Sunday. Um, I understand that the average of going four for sixteen with runners in scoring position is not bad, and like that would make them the like if their average was 400 that would make them the greatest team with runners in scoring position like we've ever seen. But that is such a large sample size that you absolutely have the right to be upset about it, right? We talk about that all the time. You know, the, the risk has been a big talking point for this team on this show over the year. And like they failed with runners in scoring position a double digit amount of time, 11, t- 12 times in this baseball game. That's just unacceptable to look back on. Even if you were successful four and the average doesn't look bad, 12 times you couldn't get a hit with resp. And on Sunday, they had two plays at the plate. On top of that, both close plays, and neither of them went the Tigers' way. Not that they were wrong, but just frustrating. Just really frustrating. Riley Green is him. Uh, you know, it's 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 scary for the rest of the league because he's not even close to fully here yet. And, like, I don't say that to give him – unreachable expectations or anything like that. But like when, when the power truly fully translates, like the, the pull side power, when that truly like 
is is like here and has made the transition, he's he's going to be even more unbelievable than he already is. So I think that, oh, John Morosi says the Braves are trying to add a starting pitcher. Can I interest you in Michael Lorenzen or Eduardo Rodriguez? Um, so I, I, I think that uh, it's just one of those things where he's he's going to continue to get better. And that's awesome. He's really, really good. Torkelson, pretty hit or miss, no pun intended. Um, had some pretty solid at-bats and some pretty poor at-bats. Uh, had a couple of warning track flyouts as well. That park is not a home run friendly park. I know Comerica gets a lot of heat for that, but um, yeah, that, that park down in Miami is, um, is is certainly not much better than Comerica. Uh, really, the only other thing I want to talk about offensively is Kerry Carpenter. We'll talk about him in a second when we talk about defense, unfortunately, too. But um, the, the thing with Carp is lately he has had like no power and the cool and not scary, but like the, it's, it's kind of good and kind of bad. Like he's been struggling a little bit lately. And so that's kind of like the bad, but he's not struggling to the extent of like, he's striking out way more than we're used to, or he's not walking ever, or, or he's not even getting hits. Like he still has some hits to his name. We talked about the LA series. He had some of the only hits <laughs> in some of these entire games, right? Uh, the, the one hitter was just Gary Carpenter. The thing is, there's no power right now. And that's the weird thing. So it's nice to know that even when he's quote unquote struggling and like not at his peak, that that is um, that that he's still going to be able to get some hits and put the ball in play. And his slumps aren't going to be like, oh, my goodness, this dude has, you know, 20 strikeouts in the last week. But, like, it, it's just – it's one of those weird things. So, I, I'm not saying he, like, doesn't have it. And his swing is still the exact same. It's still an automatic barrel. I think it's going to come back. It's just kind of baseball. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, the power – you know, very few extra base hits over the last couple of weeks. But um, still a very clutch hit in this game off of a lefty at that, a nasty one at that, at that. Uh, a, a clutch two RBI single to the pull side off of, a, off of uh, A.J. Puck. Yeah, man, he, he's the man. He's still Kerry Carpenter. That's the dog. Um, on the flip side, uh, his defense was uh, on display, as it usually is on Sunday. Just a rough a rough game. Uh, Sunday was just so bad. We're going to talk about the, the call in a second. But Kerry Carpenter goes out, and, and that, like that was not a good play, and he's going to be a DH long-term. Like he, he has so much to prove to people to like actually prove that he's not – just going to be a DH for 80% of his career. Like he's got such a long way to go. It's, it's, it, it's not disappointing. Cause he's the only dude on this team. Well, Riley green's back now, but like, he's one of the only dudes on this team that can consistently hit a baseball. So like, I'll live with it gladly for the 29th ranked offense. I'll make that, that substitution every single day of the week. Um, but it, I mean, it's still, I don't even mind putting him out there. Just see if he can try and get better this season. I mean, why not? But it, it's, it is very, very, proven pretty much every time he's in the outfield uh, that he says a long way to go defensively. Let's talk about the, the play um, in this game. Zach Short gets called for, is that technically interference? I don't even know what the call technically is called, but um, th- there's a pickle in between second and third and Zach Short just completely collides with the Marlins base runner. And uh, he is rewarded, the base runner rewarded third base. And uh, even though the Tigers very much had him dead in their sights of the rundown, 
Um, I think that is a completely ridiculous call. And I, I mean, he blatantly jumps into Zach Short, like launches, like you can look at his knees and like, it's an exact replication of like someone who's jumping. Like he, 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 he pushes himself. He goes airborne at one point. Like he literally launches himself into, into Zach short. Um, so I thought that it was ridiculous. I, I don't, I don't know. Everyone's mad about it. I'm mad about it. I, I, I'm not really sure what else to say, but like, yeah, it was, it was a ridiculous call. Um, that all being said, that rundown should have been executed significantly better. And looking for the defender to see if you can try to induce contact is something that is taught in baseball. And so uh, I'm not going to say hats off because, I, <laughs> you know, optically, the Marlins pissed me off enough this weekend. I'm not, not going to give them too much credit for anything at the moment because I'm still upset. But um, that, like that is something that is, is taught on the baseball field to look for when you're in a pickle. And it's not executed too terribly often because these are major leaguers and they're not getting that close to the base runner with the ball in their hand because usually you just tag the guy. I think basically my point is I think Zach Short could have executed that rundown way better. And I think he would tell you that. I think he did say that in his post-game interview. Um, But at the same time, that doesn't make it not a a ridiculous call. And that's just like, that's one of those things where, A, it's ridiculous that that's not reviewable. I know a lot of people have already said that as well. Um, But that's just like a super subjective thing. Like, I'm sure if you asked a bunch of umpires, several of them would have varying opinions. Like, they'd all have different opinions on it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. That game pissed me off. And it pissed everybody off. I know. But, like, everything about, every 50-50 play on Sunday did not go our way. And I'm not saying that they were wrong. I'm not saying that they were incorrect, but like Riley Green, close play at first place, first base, doesn't go our way. Two times we were thrown out at home on bang-bang plays that could have been reviewed or were reviewed. Didn't get either of them. This call, didn't get that. Like every single 50-50 toss-up, it could be the Tigers' way, it could be the Marlins' way, 100% of them went to the Marlins on Sunday. And you play 162 games, and that's just how it goes sometimes, right? Again, like this is not like, I'm not declaring war or anything like uh, against the Marlins. I'm not saying that the umpire crew was awful, but it's just, it it was just one of those days, man. It it was just one of those days. That's really my analysis of it. We'll end on some trade deadline talk. Really all I want to say today, we'll get into like a full, full breakdown tomorrow. We have no game to recap whole half hour. Just talking about the deadline. Uh, Finally, we can be done. Goodness, man. I, I, I just want to be done talking about it. I, just get me get me through this deadline. And, like, it's fun. It's exciting. I can't wait to talk to y'all about it, answer some questions, have some conversations about, you know, the deadline and whatnot. I'm very excited for that. The d- deadline day is one of my favorite days of the year, but, like, the lead-up to it is awful. I, 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 I hate all the rumors. They change every two seconds. You know how many conflicting reports I've heard about the Mets? Oh, they're not trading anyone. Oh, the Mets are trading everyone. Oh, Mets will hold on to Scherzer. Oh, Scherzer got traded. I I hate it. I I can't stand it. So I can't wait for it to be over. Um, But all I want to say right now, as we head into Monday, where a trade may or may not happen on Monday, um, is that I am of the mindset that unless your name is Riley Green, if I get a notification that says 
fill in the blank has been traded from the Detroit Tigers. As long as that fill in the blank does not say Riley Green's name, I am going to not instantly be upset. That's all I'm saying. That doesn't mean I'm going to look at the return and not be upset. I'm not saying trade everybody. I'm not saying have a full-blown fire sale and get rid of 20 of the people on this roster. I'm not saying trade Tarek Skubal, which I've had to justify that a million times since I said it a week ago. I'm not saying Spencer Torkelson's on the trade block. I'm not like, just all I'm saying is, I think if someone gives you an unbelievable, ridiculous, holy overpay Batman return, I'm okay with parting ways with a wholly overpay Batman return on 25 of the 26 people on this roster. I think everybody has a price outside of him, I guess is my point. So we'll see. And again, that doesn't mean I'm going to be happy if we trade everyone. If we take trade Tarek Skubal for a C-level prospect, Tuesday's episode or Wednesday's episode, I guess it'll be, is going to be very upsetting and I'm going to scream. But I guess I'm saying I could be convinced for parting ways with pretty much everyone except one player. If the price is right. That's kind of my mindset. Hopefully I articulated that well and I don't have to defend myself yet again and say that I, I would not shop <laughs> like, you know, Carpenter or or Torkelson or Scooble or whatever. We'll see what happens though. We'll see. We'll have final predictions and whatnot on yesterday's show. That'll be kind of more of a, of a full breakdown. But I just, as we go into Monday, if you see a name and you see someone traded, don't get mad until you see the return. That's all. I, that's all I want to send people into the deadline with. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Again, we have a core. We have kind of like the semblance of a core, and I'm not advocating to get rid of those guys. But if someone's going to give you better pieces for your core, then like you should probably take it. We'll see what happens though. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I really don't think there is. So I'm just going to let you go. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow. Uh, and on Tuesday for the deadline, go on Twitter and let's talk. All right. Catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.